Winter Mayhem. Winter Mayhem. All right, every day at 4.05, we bring you Midterm Mayhem, the madness, the mayhem that is the 2022 midterm election. All right, as promised, let's get to it. Uh, Seems a big-name Republican has traveled to Arizona, possibly to help a Democrat defeat Carrie Lake. Uh, joining us now, she's on the line and she joins us on uh, KTAR from, of course, the January 6th committee. She's the vice chair, also a congresswoman from Wyoming, Representative Liz Cheney. Representative, how are you today? Very well, thank you. Great to be with you guys. Well, I saw that you were quoted as saying this, quote, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure Carrie Lake is not elected. Uh, is that why you're here in Phoenix today? I'm here for a couple of reasons. One is really honored to be speaking at the McCain Institute to be talking democracy and importance of civic participation and thrilled to be here to talk to students in particular about those issues. And obviously, uh, Arizona, uh, in terms of the defense of democracy in this uh, election cycle and, and in the next one is really ground zero. And this upcoming election here, in particular, the governor's race and the secretary of state's race, just crucial to have the opportunity to be here to talk about these races, to talk about the danger of candidates like uh, Carrie Lake, uh, Mark Fincham, people who made absolutely clear that you know, they will only certify elections in the future if uh, they agree with the results. And I think it's a very difficult position for Republicans to be in, to have a situation where those uh, who've been nominated by our party are election deniers, but it's a very, very dangerous one, both both for Arizona and for the nation. Representative Liz Cheney's joining us on KTAR. Are you going to campaign for Democrat Katie Hobbs? If you're against Lake, are you for Hobbs? And will you campaign for her? Well, I don't want to tell the people of Arizona. I'm very sensitive to the fact that I'm not an Arizona voter. But I will say that, you know, I've uh, voted for Republicans now. My first vote was almost 40 years ago in the 1984 election for Ronald Reagan. But the challenges that we're facing and and the challenges that have just come to the fore so clearly here in Arizona are such that we've got to put the Constitution above party. And if I were an Arizona voter, I would certainly not be voting for Carrie Lake or Mark Fincham. Uh, I think that that the voters of Arizona have to decide for themselves. But but I do think it's so important that people recognize, you know, we we hear a lot now these phrases election denier. And and I know that there are a lot of voters who are probably, you know, in the middle, probably thinking, well, I'm an independent. I'm not sure which way to go. Mm -hmm. And I just urge people to recognize and understand, you know, what Mark Fincham and Carrie Lake stand for. You know, they they're telling us they're not keeping it secret. They've been very clear that. You know, despite uh, the results of the uh, election in 2020 here in Arizona, despite the counts, despite the recounts, despite the audits, despite the rulings from the courts, that they would not have certified that election. And if you don't abide by the law, uh, by the laws that the states establish, uh, by the rulings of the courts, if you only certify elections in which you agree with the result, that's the end of democracy. That is absolutely what's on the ballot here in Arizona. So I think people really need to think very carefully about what it means that you've got people who uh, have such a, you know, the the races are tight, have such a chance at winning, and what that would mean for the state and and therefore for the whole country. If you had people in office as Secretary of State and Governor 
who basically would be stealing the votes of, of millions of Arizona voters, would not respect the rights of those people to make their own decisions, would only respect the outcome of the election if they agreed with it. And that's something we've not seen before in this country and something we we all have to guard against, regardless of party. Talking to uh, Rep, uh, U.S. Representative Liz Cheney, uh, you know, when you when you look out there and you see the way that things are going and you see the battle that's happening for the soul of this country, some people say, how do you juxtapose the position of you being a, a conservative? Right. We, we seem to have this two party thing. We have populism in the Republican Party and conservatism. How do you juxtapose the two where people would look and say, I don't like Carrie Lake, but. But uh, I don't like a lot of what the other side's offering either because it goes against so much of my values. It's a very tough spot that we find ourselves in as a nation. And uh, I would say, you know, as you point out, I am a conservative Republican. And, you know, I strongly oppose many of the policies of the Biden administration. But I also understand that as a nation, we can survive bad policy. We can't survive elected officials who are not going to be faithful to the Constitution. We cannot survive elected officials who say they will ignore the rulings of the courts. Uh, our whole system is so clearly structured on uh, this foundation of, of law. And, and I think that as Republicans, you know, our party is in a place right now that's very dangerous. Uh, we have to get back to having a strong Republican Party that stands for and honors our founding principles, a party where we can put forward candidates where we can fight for what we believe in and where we can really defeat the very dangerous wokeism that we see from the left. There's no question that, you know, I, I'm appalled by uh, much of what I see on the left. But the solution to that, the response to that cannot be that we as Republicans abandon the Constitution. What we've seen here very clearly in Arizona, we're seeing around the country, is Candidates who are willing to abandon the Constitution in order to embrace the lies of Donald Trump. And those lies continue to this day and um, fundamentally undermine undermine our democratic system. As Republicans, those of us who are Republicans, we have an obligation to help to heal our party, to get our party back to being a party of ideas where we can fight for these principles and encourage people to vote for us. And we have an obligation to reject insurrection to reject the violence uh, and to reject um, those people who you know would would ignore the sanctity would would not uphold the sanctity of our election process all right we're being joined by uh, representative liz cheney she's nice enough to hold on for a second we're gonna talk to her after becky lynn uh, gives us the latest uh, news uh but when we come back we're gonna ask cheney um you know if you had a chance to sit down with carrie lake what would you what would you say to her what would that conversation be like Liz Cheney, in just a moment. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Serious news, seriously entertaining. The Gatos and Chad Show. All right, we're going to skip five spots today because we have Representative Liz Cheney on the line, uh, a Republican from Wyoming, January 6th committee vice chair, and uh, Cheney is in Phoenix. Uh, She's going to talk at the McCain Institute. Also, she's here to talk about uh, she's not for Carrie Lake or Mark Fincham, two Republicans. Uh, so, Representative uh, Cheney, if you had a chance to sit down with Carrie Lake, you know, one on one, what would you say to her? What would what would that conversation be like? That what she's doing is very dangerous. You know, um, I don't know her. You know, I have not met her in person, but I know what she says. I know what she claims. I know um, what she's embracing. 
Um, and it's really dangerous. You pointed out so well, uh, our nation has become, our politics have become so toxic. We have to reject that. And we have to be in a position where we can say, look, we might disagree on principle, but and on policy, but let's find a way where we can come together for solutions. But none of that happens if we elect people who will abandon the Constitution. Somebody who says the 2020 election in Arizona was stolen, that the 2020 election nationally was stolen, is lying. They're not telling you the truth. We have in every one of our state, state legislatures established the laws by which we pick presidential electors. We have a process in place where if you don't like the way that the, or you feel that there's been fraud or irregularities, candidates can go to court as Donald Trump did. You can challenge the results. You can, you know, have their automatic counts and recounts and you have the court can order counts and recounts and you can have audits like you have here in Arizona. Ugh. Candidates have the right to do those make challenges to a certain point. But once the courts rule and once the election results are certified, then the election's over. And if we really want to live in a democratic republic, we have to understand that that peaceful transition of power and honoring the results of elections um, is just foundational. You know, I think both with respect to Carrie Lake and Mark Fincham, they've abandoned that. That means that in this election uh, in Arizona, the future functioning of our democracy is very much on the ballot. And if you put somebody you elect Carrie Lake as governor when she told you, she said, I'm not going to honor the results of elections if I don't like the way they've turned out. She has, you know, there's no basis on which she's making the claim that she would not have certified 2020, except that she wanted the support of Donald Trump and she thinks that it will get her votes. But she's ignoring the fact and she's ignoring the law, uh, as is Mark Fincham. You know, simply can't put people in power who've told you that they're going to ignore the facts and the law. Yeah. Um, our, our system won't survive that. Talking to U.S. Representative uh, Liz Cheney, how many of these people, honestly, people you work with, actually believe any of this stuff? And how many of it is terrified of the social media crunch that would come if you turn on the Donald? As you have seen, uh, you voted with him 93% of the time. It wasn't the policies. It was the attitude. How many of them are terrified of that? But quietly to you, they've said, I don't believe any of this stuff. Many of them. Um, I, you know, I think that there's a 25, 30% of the Republican Party who believe the big lie still, who believe what Donald Trump's saying. Um, you know, even though uh, his attorney general, his deputy attorney general, the head of his campaign, his White House counsel, you know, everybody told him these claims are not true. These claims are false. The courts said they're not true. There's no evidence here. He continues to, to push the lie. And I think probably 25 or 30% of the, the party really believes what he's saying. And, and it's a real betrayal by him of those people because he knows that it's not true. But then you have... He does know, right? He knows I it's not true. He clearly uh, has said, as we've presented in our evidence in the, the January 6th uh, hearings, we watched, we put on evidence and testimony by all of those people I just named who told him his claims of fraud were false. We've also put on evidence uh, by people who, to whom he you know, acknowledged that uh, he'd lost the election. And we know he was taking steps because he knew he was going to leave office. These claims that he's making, it's a willful and conscious disregard of the truth uh, at best. And I would say that you've got a lot of people who are either making money off of the claims, mm. as is he, um, 
who want to perpetuate the claims because they do make money from them. Uh, and again, stealing money from, you know, hardworking Americans who contribute, uh, thinking that they really are contributing to, uh, you know, some kind of election integrity when it's the opposite. But you have a lot of Republicans now, the, most of them, I would say, you know, the elected officials in Congress who know this is all not true, um, but they they accommodate it, they appease it, they go along with it. Mm. And I, I don't know if it's because I've had the chance to work in countries around the world that aren't free um, or because I you know, grew up in a family where we were, you know, taught to revere American history and to, uh, to revere our founding and the Constitution. Um, it's just unimaginable to me that, um, you know, people would so clearly sort of put politics ahead of the Constitution. But I, I think also it's a lot of people who think, well, we can just keep our head down and things will turn out all right. And um, I think we're certainly seeing over the last year and a half that that's not the case. We all have an obligation to, to stand up and do the right thing. Was it tough to grow up with Dick Cheney as a dad? He's kind of scary sometimes. <laughs> My mother is actually the tough one. <laughs> really? Is that right? I, did you see that coming, Chad? Yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it's, you know, I mean, you know, but you hear all the stories about, right, and all the nicknames <laughs> about your dad and everything, and, and you know, everybody would think, yeah. well, he's got to be a tough nut to crack. Goodness gracious. My dad was the kind of parent who, you know, if he told you that you had disappointed him, you knew you were in big trouble. Oh, yeah. But it, it's sort of that, you know that quiet western way but my mom was definitely scarier all right last one 2024 comes down to trump and biden you're voting for biden or are you running are you want to make an announcement here we're good with that it, uh, i'm not making any announcements it's not going to come down to trump and biden the, the country has got to have um the kind of leadership we need that is it's honest leadership that's that's serious that's substantive for us as a party to nominate Donald Trump again um, would be indefensible. I have tremendous hope and confidence and, and optimism in the American people, but I, I just want the voters of Arizona to know how much is on the line this election cycle and how important it is to put the Constitution above party and not, not to go down a dangerous path of electing people like Carrie Lake and Mark Fincham who have made clear that they don't put the Constitution first. All right, Representative Liz Cheney, thank you for joining us. Have a great stay in Phoenix. Thank you uh, very much. Great to be with you. All right, Representative uh, Liz Cheney, January 6th Committee Vice Chair and uh, Representative from Wyoming for just a little while longer. Just a little bit. Uh, January 3rd is her last day. Yeah. Okay, coming up next, um, how about a little Woke Wednesday? You heard Cheney talk a little bit about the wokeness out there. Well, we've got a woke story for you next. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Serious news, seriously entertaining. The Gatos and Chad Show. All right, thanks again to Representative uh, Liz Cheney who joined us. If you missed it, check the podcast. Is that right, Chad? You yeah, absolutely. The po- by the way, we got a podcast called the Gatos Chad Show Podcast. <laughs> Grab it. You're going to love it. iPhone, Android, subscribe. Uh, brought to you by our good friends, Carol Royce, Keller Williams, oh. Realty East Valley. Hey, get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com, higherprice.com. Okay, um... Um, let's talk about this M&M. Okay. We got a new purple M&M. Yeah, it's inclusive. That is why they made it. Yeah. So there is a new, there's a new M&M. It's a new purple M&M. Uh, and it has, uh, its character, they say, is to represent acceptance and inclusivity. 
It's always hard for me to say that word. Inclusivity. Yeah, I have to say it very slowly because I butcher it. Um, but why do we need... Is this something we need? No. Okay, so why is M&M's doing it? Are they woke? Are they, hey, we just want to say, listen, this is what we... This this is this is how we run our business. This is how we run our company. So we're going to show you with a new character whose name is Purple, and it resembles a peanut M and M, and it was designed to represent acceptance and uh, inclusivity. Uh, were we calling oh, for this for her earnest self impression? Oh yeah, expression. I'm sorry. It is a uh, you guys want to. We're, we're all aware that this is candy, right? I it's am. not real. We don't call it a human. Right, it's not it's it's not a human being. It doesn't have any anything other than it's just a purple candy, mm. and the fact that this is one of those things where the the company itself is trying to be woke to get those social justice points. What does it do? It doesn't do anything. Like for me, it doesn't make me want to buy M and M's. It doesn't make me not want to buy M and M's. I nothing. don't care. I don't care. Yeah, like if you're a trans person or an LGBT person, are you like, well, I wasn't going to buy M&M's, but now that they have a purple one. I don't think that's the case either. I I don't want to speak for them, but I don't think that's the case either. It's about looking good. Okay. Right. It's about paying the freight of, look at me, my social justice-ness. Aren't you guys happy? I have purple. And there you go. Okay. Um, Do you watch Scooby-Doo? Of course I have. Velma is gay. Wait, what? Velma's gay. Well, hold on a second. Becky Lynn, did you hear that Velma is gay? Just now heard that. Oh, there you go. Uh, Does Shaggy know? Because, you know, they did date. No, they didn't. They did. Shaggy? Is that so? I think so. They did. Doink Scoob, I'm dating Velma. See, here's just (laughs) another thing. I just, I asked the question, do we need this? Now, let me make the point that maybe this is a good thing. and, And you can tell me what you think. I don't get the M&M, believe me. All right, what if there are kids out there, they watch Scooby-Doo? Does your daughter watch Scooby-Doo? She does. Okay, she's four. That's a little young for her. All right, anyway, let's say that she was eight or nine. So, kids who watch Scooby-Doo, they, they now see Velma, whose last name, I didn't, has a last name. Did you know Velma had a last name? Well, I'm sure they all have last names. Velma Dinkley. The dinkster. So, here's the deal. If you are a child and you know that you are gay or uh, are a lesbian and you watch this cartoon, um, does it make you relate to to Velma? Is that a, is that I'm just asking, is that a good thing? It's like watching a television show. OK, if there's, as we say, a trans person or, uh, you know, it, whatever, you know, LGBT, uh, LGBTQ plus community and you watch something, whether it's a cartoon or it's a movie or if it's a TV show and you see that, OK, there's someone like me there and it, it makes you relate a little bit better. Here's the thing. Is it needed for this? At the end know. of the day, does anybody care who the cartoon characters date or don't date? No. Their whole thing is they're going to go out in the mystery wagon, right? right. And they're going to go try to uh, solve the crime. It's always old man Smithers who, for whatever reason, that guy had a lot of broken down attractions. And that's what ends up happening. Her being a lesbian doesn't solve anything. It seems like, you know, Mc, uh, uh, Eminem is checking the box. Yeah. And now you have Scooby Doo. Well, Hollywood's been checking, checking the box. The box. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Have you ever any... noticed? Every commercial now has same sex couples. Every commercial now has. It, it, it's it's to the point where. But sometimes it doesn't make sense in the plot. They're, that's the you whole know? point. Where like, they're forcing things where they don't need to be forced. Let it organically it, yeah. happen. Right. Like R- Modern Family was a perfect example of yeah. that. It was a perfect example of that. They did it all on purpose. 
putting two gay men together. They adopted uh, a child from um, uh, China or Vietnam or somewhere. Vietnam. Okay, they did that on purpose, but it seemed to all just kind of fit together. And now you're seeing sitcoms or you're seeing, uh, you know, uh, TV shows that are dramas for an hour. Uh, and, and it seems that they, they are just doing this to do it. And the one example I always give, I watch this show, uh, I forgot what it's called. Uh, uh, it's on ABC. Oh, gosh, I guess. Anyway, this woman is now a lesbian, but she wasn't for 45 years. But, and so she just got a divorce. They have a kid, and now she's a lesbian. And that is where the, the plot is going. You know why it works, though, with Modern Family? Because their characters are interesting, and gay isn't what they're about. It's just kind of one of the things of who they are. Yeah. And that's what makes it work. They're likable, and they first and foremost came at it with what? Entertainment value. And when you do that, you'll have a better chance of winning. If you're trying to force something and saying, I can't believe somebody doesn't want to watch this, must be homophobic, well, is it entertaining? No, it's got a message. I don't want to see a message. Uh, the show is A Million Little Things. And it's a really good show. It really is. Based on that guy's book? I have no idea. It's just a good drama. Um, But it just seems like they try and shoehorn certain characters into something that, you know, if you're watching them for three years, you know that that woman is not a lesbian. And it's not really believable. And it's like, okay, this show just checked the box. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. And they think everybody out there, out, it's just like them in Hollywood, that they all want this. All right. Uh, Coming up next. Coming up. uh, Your teen is unaware of the dangers of fentanyl. And we'll tell you why next. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. The Gatos and Chad Show, 2 till 6. Hey, tomorrow, catch our friend Barry Markson. Uh, He's on from noon to 2 tomorrow. Katie Hobbs will be joining him. Katie Hobbs will be joining him. Uh, So we've got some election coverage going on uh, in the middle of the day, which is fantastic. Okay. Um, OPEC is dead to me. Good. Goodness gracious. Saudi Arabia, you're dead to us. So OPEC makes uh, big oil cuts. They're going to boost their prices. And guess what? Our costs are all are going to rise again. Yeah. Listen, we're at five freaking dollars a gallon. Five bucks a gallon in Phoenix. And now OPEC pulls this crap. Joe Biden doesn't want to drill. Uh, drill, who, baby, drill. Who else can I blame here? Uh, oh, California. Yeah, California. California? You're dead to me. Um. California's got all these refineries offline. It's not like we need them. Uh, But thank goodness that crappy governor that they have over there, what did he do? He said, hey, let's use the cheaper winter blend. Is that going to help us a little bit? It's not going to help us a little bit. All for Pete's sake. We're in a lot of trouble here when it comes to this. We might enjoy this for a little bit, if you will, the higher prices. And when we see $4, we'll be like, oh, thank God it's back to 4 Well, it's at 5 and now they're saying it could go to 6 Yeah. California's seeing, you know, what was it? uh, Alameda's $8 up in Northern California. Becky Lynn, what are you going to do if gas prices go all the way to $6 a gallon from 5 to 6? I can't honk all of these gas stations. No, you can't. I don't know what we're going to do. We were counting on you, Gatos. I think we all need to carpool. It's like the one thing I never want to do and certainly didn't want to do it during COVID. But anyway, even pre-COVID, I didn't want to do it. What do you think? The three of us, we carpool. You realize by the time we drive around and pick everybody up. That's a lot of gasoline. That's a lot of gasoline right. wasted that one. Yeah, and it's kind of weird because who's picking me up at 3 in the morning? Exactly. Oh, yeah. Thank you. You live in, uh, 
You live in the Valley of the Dirt People. The Valley of the Dirt People. All right, so let's uh, let's expect gas gas prices to go up. Uh, already at five dollars a gallon here in Arizona. Remember, when the gas prices go up, so do other things like all the stuff that we purchase because it costs money to drive. To get you. there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were talking about fentanyl earlier today. Bad. It's really bad. Uh, Phoenix PD Crime Lab on pace for another record-breaking year when it comes to fentanyl. Do you hear what they're calling uh, fentanyl on the on the streets what here? Fentazona. 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 Stupid name. Well, Arizona Fentazona. That's well, still a stupid name. I don't like it either, but I'm not making it up. You know how much you know how much fentanyl comes in through into this country through Arizona? Seventy percent. Seventy percent. Into the country. Not just oh seventy no, seventy percent of everything that you see from here to Maine yeah. comes through here. Fentazona. Maybe that's a good name actually. Fentanyl comes in through Arizona. If seventy percent of the nation's you know illegal fentanyl comes in through here, maybe we should call it that. Fentazona. Uh. I know, I know, I know. Um, but there's a study um, that talks about your kid doesn't know anything about fentanyl, which is really bad. Fifty percent eighth graders never heard of fentanyl. I bet you their parents haven't heard of it either. How many of their parents know about the risk and what it exactly is? Partially because of what I don't have to worry about there because my kid will never do that. And the other part part of it is, you know, parents, uh, they're not hip. They're not into it. They, they don't understand. I would never do it. Or, or they're just, you know, they hear about it uh, maybe, but they're thinking still weed and, and alcohol. And, and a lot of time it is alcohol and yeah. most time it is weed. But the one time you take a pill... The one time your eighth grader or your high school kid says, yeah, I'll try it. Yeah. Uh, it's not, he or she isn't trying what they think they're trying. And you get a bad pill and it's laced with fentanyl, your kid is dead. And so we've said it over and over for, for many years. Got to have that talk about fentanyl with your kid. Yeah. Whatever you do, don't take a pill. Uh-uh. Don't buy a pill from anybody. Show them everything you can to let it sink into their head, the yeah. dangers of this. All right, coming up next, former Arizona Governor Jan Brewer. She had lunch with Katie Hobbs. What? She was hobnobbing? That's coming up next, the Gatos and Chat Show.